for it is the witching hour, a time when all the dark witches gather around their fondue pots to warm the cheese. Hold on, hold on. Hold, hold on, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but it's not oh, yes, yes. It, It's not a fondue pot. That's more of a party item that you dip uh, uh, perhaps bread, toasted bread or apples it, isn't, in. Isn't a, isn't a gathering of witches a party? I mean, I like to have a party at... It's, it's festive, certainly, but it is more ritualistic, perhaps, than, say, a 70s-style party. That is held with shag carpeting in a living room. Some keys now let's do another, in a jar. Let's weave another cheese spell with Gruyere <laughs> Swiss. Well, what if instead we dip our meat into the latest episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on our podcast? I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're going to be talking about Chapter 5, Dreams... In a witch house. Dreams well, in a witch house. Well, uh, before before we do that, we should oh, yeah. mention it's a special day. It's Zalbin's birthday today, and he's recording Alex Zalbin's us. birthday. Oh, oh yeah. Man, for your Cypher. dark baptism. <laughs> <laughs> I, I choose myself. I'm not choosing Luke Perry. I'm not choosing Jason Priestley. I'm choosing myself. That's what I'm doing. Oh, wow. That. that is such a weird thing that you keep referencing. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally i i just to be clear for those listening to the podcast uh, and also i guess for you guys um i've seen two television shows chilling adventures of sabrina and one episode of 90210 so <laughs> hey man that's enough that's a cultural touchstone yeah. <laughs> exactly i just wanted it's to cover the basics yes no. i thought you were yeah. going to talk about the special thing uh we are talking over the phone again for this episode not just to jam things out, though that hopefully does explain a little bit of the audio quality. Uh, but also, Justin, you have a thematically tied job to this podcast that we're doing. Could you talk about that? Are you allowed to talk about uh, it? Uh, sure, I can talk a little bit about it, probably. I'm working on a show called Ghost Adventures. Um, there's, a, a special, there's a special that airs on Halloween night called um, The Haunted Museum Live, where... Um, the host of the show is going into the museum and touching a lot of straight up cursed objects. Uh, and I, uh, no, and I've been around these things and I'll tell you what, it's scary. Hey, if you come <laughs> back different, I'm going to tell it to you right away, man. Yeah. Tell me if I'm cursed. Cause honestly, yeah. it'll be bad for you if you don't. Yeah. Uh, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> say, you're assuming a lot, Pete, that he's going to come back at all. I'm pretty convinced that you're dying there right <laughs> oh man you're not oh. the only one you're walking it's around right. you touching have... a bunch of cursed objects on halloween what do you think is gonna happen yeah i mean the good news is you've got a brother so like something happens to you you know you got to not... someone to help take care of your kids you know <laughs> what are you you're like an old grandpa who's like the family will go on there's another brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's about how life works <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, what are, uh, since this is your last episode of the podcast before you're sucked inside a cursed object, uh, why don't we jump into yeah. it, talk about what previously has happened on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina up until this point. So Sabrina Spellman, as you mentioned, had her dark baptism where she chose another way. She decided to try to figure out how to straddle the line between being a human and being a witch. Uh, to do that, she went through a trial. During the trial, she was sentenced to go to witch school for one weekend, we think. We're not quite sure exactly how the rules of this <laughs> yeah. necessarily work. It was work. a long weekend. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's, a holiday weekend. It's like a weekend at Bernie's, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen that, but I assume that's mostly about how people spend weekends. Yeah, It is exactly a bit about yeah. uh, voodoo, uh, sort of. Bernie da oh. uh, Bernie dances in sort of a witchy way, right? I think yeah, but that's because somebody's whole. Yeah, not, yeah, not to take ahead, my man. own joke, but uh, I believe you're talking about weekends at Bernie's too. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not weekend at Bernie's. That's, <laughs> yeah, Bernie's. that's yeah, where the voodoo no, what, what do you, dances. What do you di you disavow the sequel? You couldn't. You believe the first one, but you can't believe the second one. <laughs> no, yeah, the, the first one, one at least way... is realistic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The second one is yeah. not. Widely recognizes, you know. Yeah, you're, sure. You're not we've doing all, bits about. We've all animated a corpse in our time. 
<laughs> so just to keep going with chilling adventures of Sabrina, it is, of course, up until now, the weekend at Bernie's of witching shows. Uh, but then she goes to witch school. She discovers this thing called the Acheron configuration, which is a puzzle box created by her father. For some reason, we don't necessarily know what it was uh, the last episode. We certainly find out this episode. But she managed to open it up using some clues left in her father's journal, which was given to her by one of the other students of the school, Nick Scratch. Uh, and bad she boy. opens it up. Bad boy alert. It, oh, bad boy alert. Total, total bad boy. Like, really yeah, Let him get through the alert. recap well, before we start the bits. Come on. Hey, dude, I'm sorry. When a bad boy alert comes off, you got to deal with bad boy. <laughs> it's like a fire alarm. Let's finish the recap. What do you what do you do? What, I, like when you're going to school, what do they tell you to do when the bad boy alert goes off? Well, you um, get under Talk a desk and, and then yeah, and fill exactly. out a fill out a Valentine and then give it. Oh, yeah. He's a bad no, boy. Me, too. I, but you kind of like you crumple up the Valentine and throw it at him and, you know, see if he catches it or what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Well, I like to admit that I was the, I like to think that I was the one setting off the bad boiler. Oh boy. Jesus. <laughs> Cause I'm a weren't. real bad boy. <laughs> oh what my God. About? What are you talking oh, about? Uh, so can't be uh, bad jumping, boys, man. Yeah. So she opens up this Acheron configuration. It dumps out a bunch of powder and a demon or something comes in through the door. That's where we end of the episode couple of other details. There's a few other people that are living in Sabrina's house with her, other members of her family. There's her two aunts, Hilda and Zelda, who have a very codependent relationship. Zelda is very much devoted to the Church of Night, which is the satanic church that all of the witches uh, are uh, members of the congregation. Hilda, on the other hand, has just been excommunicated from the Church of Night. She is the nicer aunt. Um and yeah, we'll, we'll get some more stuff with her in a second. There's also cousin Ambrose who has been trapped inside of that house. For some reason, we don't know why yet for 75 years, they all work together at a mortuary, uh, which is in the house. Ambrose very specifically works in the, I, what do you call it? I guess it's the morgue part of the mortuary yeah, downstairs. The where, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if it was necessarily called a morgue since. Oh, it's, no, it's called, a, it's called the, the body hole. Oh, <laughs> yeah. From my time, from my I time mean, working in mortuaries, it's called the body hole. I mean, speaking hole. of body holes, he has a new interest called Luke oh, that he's been checking oh my out. God. Oh, man. What a transition. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then that's a little bit of a complicated relationship because Luke doesn't know exactly what's going on with Ambrose. He is the Sporlock. We suspect that there may be some shady stuff about it, but we're not quite sure. Uh, and just to give you the rundown of the other characters, there is Father Blackwood, who is the head of the congregation of the Church of Night. He seems to have a little something going on with Aunt Zelda, though, again, we're not quite sure what that is yet. And there's Miss Wardwell, a.k.a. Madam Satan, though we don't know her by that name yet, who is watching Sabrina seemingly to try to convince her to join the Dark Lord and sign Satan's book all of her own volition and is kind of nudging things along in the background. Uh, Oh, Mm. also there's Sabrina's friends. Harvey is her boyfriend. Very earnest, very sweet guy. He uh, comes from a line of witch hunters that'll play in later in the episode, uh, though that isn't really important to him. Mostly he just works in a mine and is a nice guy. And she has two friends, uh, Susie and Roz. So should we jump into it? Because this was, uh, a surprisingly straightforward episode, at least in terms of the show. It, it almost felt yeah. to me very Buffy the Vampire Slayer-ish in terms of its structure, which, again, Ooh, nice. I like There we go. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, well, before we get into it, I want to say this is a time where I feel like watching a lot of these shows, like as much television as we watched, hurt the experience. Because after seeing the Legion episode where they deal with every- – inside everybody's mind and see their kind of like warped view of things like this was a little less creative because I'd already seen that a little bit. And that stinks because it's an awesome, uh, kind of tool way to get in the characters' minds. Uh, uh, I mean, that didn't bother me. That? Yeah. I, that didn't bother me. Like I, there's been a ton of shows have done like, you know, 
entering dream episodes. Because this, uh, this I think, was my favorite episode of so far of the mm. show because it really let us explore each character one by one and had some nice twists and turns uh, throughout. So I liked it yeah. a lot. Well, the other thing, uh, I don't think, I don't necessarily disagree with you, Pete. Like, you do have things that settle into certain patterns with supernatural shows like this. Um, yeah. But I think yeah. I, what I get from this, and this is very early going, but what I get from this is this is very purposeful um, on the show's part where Riverdale does this too, not to keep referencing Riverdale on our Sabrina podcast, but we're in the middle of a Archie in prison arc. And at the beginning of the season, we said, Oh, okay. He's in prison. So they're going to have one episode with the prison riot. Then they're going to have one episode with a secret prison fright club. And then they're going to have a breakout episode. We're not to the breakout episode yet, but that's the, to me, that's sort of the aesthetic of both Riverdale and Sabrina is it hits these archetypes and gives them usually kind of neat, more modern twists or um, more esoteric twists or just uses them as a chance to explore the characters. And here we're getting, from the very first episode, Sabrina and her friends said, we love scary movies. We love going to horror movies and watching horror movies. So there's that setup there of we're going to explore all of these different horror movie things that are going on. You okay over there, Justin? Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, People sorry. walk into my room. Uh, no, it's good. Uh, are those ghosts? Are those ghosts from the cursed yeah, Sorry, objects? guys. I'm I'm haunted um, by the <laughs> oh, people no. who uh, <laughs> handle the water delivery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but cool. just to finish up my point, I think you know we had the supernatural trial thing. Uh, we had the dark baptism thing. We had the witch school thing. This episode, we have the uh, demon invading people's dreams. Certainly, pretty soon, just based on what's going on with Uncle Jesse, uh, as long as he doesn't cut it out, I think we're going to see an exorcism <laughs> episode pretty soon as well. So I, I like yeah. that. I, I, I understand why you might be frustrated about that, Pete, but I, I think that's very purposeful. I don't think it's an accident on the part of the show. All right, cool. I, that, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Let me ask you one more thing. Uh, now, it was said in the last episode that, uh, you know, the uh, demon head of the school was trying to get that puzzle for years. Do you think we got the start of this episode revealed it's a demon let loose? Do you think he was trying to get at the demon, or do you think he didn't know there was a demon stuck in that thing? Hmm. I think uh, he didn't know. I, I think that this yeah. was a challenge that was uh, laid at, at his feet, I think, by Sabrina's dad. And so oh, okay. the fact that he uh, didn't know just because nobody knew. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, because I, I wasn't know if the dad, like, set this as a trap, like, the dream demon will get, the, will get this guy. Yeah, well, I just well so let, sure. let's talk about, uh, I think we can kind of talk about the span of the plot of the episode a little bit. So... Is this demon Batty Bat, which I had to look up several times because it sounded like another one of those totally ridiculous Riverdale uh, Sabrina names, but it's yeah. not. It's a real demon. It's a real sleep demon. Uh, B-A-T-I-B-A-T, all one word. Um, so they were using something from demonic mythology, which is pretty neat. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's yeah. extra creepy. Yeah. Nah, I mean, we've uh, all been haunted by a sleep demon. What? Yeah, yeah, Justin, Batty, yeah, I'm worried about you, dude. I am worried about you. What are you talking about? That's why I have all these dreams. I'm like, okay, I'll tell you the secret and release you into the world. Go do wreak havoc. That's my bad. No, you're not supposed to give up the secret to the sleep. That's the whole point. No, but there's this whole thing. It was a nightmare. I was scared, so I gave up the secret. Oh, I'm a bad. I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> so Batty Bat was a demon that was plaguing Sabrina's father back in the day. He ended up trapping it in this Akron configuration. And to your point, Pete, it seems like nobody really knew that was in there. But as soon as it's released, uh, Sabrina runs, recruits Ambrose and Zelda and Hilda. They all run into the lobby, uh, lobby front hall. <laughs> lobby of their hotel. Lobby. It's a hotel. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what rooms are called, I guess, in houses anymore. Uh, so they all go <laughs> into the front hall of the house and pretty immediately shut down Batty Bat, suck it into a um, urn. Why can't urn? Urn. Thank urn. you. Oh, my God. Um, 
Uh, which is I, it hard to I think? Thought, of, Alex, is it is it hard to think of the things of the objects that hold other objects, like a cauldron? <laughs> is it hard to think of those words? <laughs> is that difficult? Is that a difficult thing you're saying? Perhaps I'm just saying yeah, thinking maybe. of other words that symbolize uh, that are the synonyms for the the whole about cauldron. Say is hard. Yeah. Well, whoever would have to do something like that clearly would have the hardest job on whatever thing that he or she was doing. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> if, that person were, if that person were to sustain that for, I don't know, 10 episodes, that would truly be a feat. Also, but he or she made their, their own, you know, because uh, they set up that bit to then they yeah. have to now deliver on. So. Exactly. You could yeah. say they dug their own hole where bodies go. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they capture Batty Bat in the urn. At that point, did you guys see it coming? Did you see that Batty Bat actually had trapped them in the dream, or were you tricked? No, I wrote I, in my in my notes. Did they capture the uh, they captured the sleep demon, or did they? Yeah, I was like. Oh, that was fast. And then they kind of like, I had a couple of shots where things were taking a little, and I was like, oh, we're still in the dream. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I like the I way was that like, it was filmed though. I, I yeah, me that. too. Yeah. I like the way they put that together. I like how they let it go on a little too long to the point where yep. you felt like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're not actually still in the dream. And then, mm -hmm. uh, Hilda is doing one of her now classic, Tucking Sabrina yeah. into beds things, which are yeah. amazing and hilarious. <laughs> Very uh, darling. And then it turns out to be Batty Bat, who is trapping them in the dreams in order to try to figure out how to break out of the house. Because even though they are still in the dream, uh, Zelda has put a protection spell around the whole house that Batty Bat can't get out of. Um, should we talk yeah. about each individual dream, or how would you like to handle this? Yeah, I think we should go one by one. Uh, the one thing before we get into that, um, I thought it was interesting that Batty Bat called uh, Madam Satan the mother of demons. That mm. seems like uh, an interesting fact. Yes. Yes, I think so. Yeah, good, uh, good catch there, Madam Goldberg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, madams, look out for other madams. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so we kick it off with Sabrina's dream, which is basically like it plays out like a fanfic. And I don't mean that as yeah. an insult at all. It's kind of amazing how well they nail that where yeah. Sabrina is going to school. Everybody goes to the same school from Nick Scratch to the weird sinisters. Uh, everybody is like super into what's going on with Sabrina, which I took as a little bit of a commentary on Sabrina making all of the action revolve around her. I don't know if you yeah, guys yeah. got the same thing out of that. Yeah, uh, it was cool. We saw our first Ninkle uh, confrontation, and it, that was yeah. nice to see yeah. uh, happen. And that was also really interesting because it's in Sabrina's head. Uh, so it's kind of like the fact of like she even part of her kind of realizes that this guy could be this uh, kind of in her life. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, it. And then Harvey comes over and talks to her. They think they're breaking up for a second, but in fact, he is proposing to her and they're going to get married. Ooh. Immediately yeah. cuts back to Zelda and Hilda. Uh, Zelda. Uh, oh my God. Zelda and Hilda. And oh, uh, yeah, they, that's I less, like that. That's scene. less confusing. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I like the scene just where they're talking to each other and Sabrina is explaining, you know, come on, this is what my parents did. Why is this a big deal? Um, we get to see rapidly scenes leading up to their wedding. And then at uh, the one, wedding, one thing to one thing oh, I want to yes. point out, there's a, I, I love Zelda's reaction um, talking about Nick Scratch. Like she did this little like little lip purse like, ooh, he's hot. Which I thought was great. Like these little yeah. acting moments. That's why you get actors like that they have on this show. Everyone's so good. The smaller gestures, both mm -hmm. Hilda and Zelda, we talk about a lot, just crushing it with the details. Yeah. yeah. Also, there was a lot of like really fun moments where, like, even in the dream when she was like, the interactions felt so, like, just the twist on what we know. It was really kind of cool, but like, just the whole fact of like, 
but mom and dad made it work. And then auntie was like, they're dead. It was like, oh, that's cold as ice. That's yeah. kind of how she talks. Yeah. Uh, so to get back to it, though, uh, they start rapidly leading up to the wedding. They have a sweet scene where she is wearing her dress. Harvey tells her everything's going to be OK. And then they get to the wedding and it's not OK because no. uh, her greatest fears visit her. Um, Harvey comes to the wedding. That's the worst. That's the worst thing that <laughs> yeah. could happen. <laughs> you imagine you're that? getting married. Come on, you, you you're getting are... married and you look out and bounce. Dude, yeah. that would well, be we've, the best. We've all been <laughs> married, and you guys know that one of the major things that you discuss going up to the wedding is what if there's a perfect strangers reunion? What do you do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what exactly. do you do? Exactly. Yeah. You gotta have a exactly. contingency plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta be able also, to do, have, have have the DJ know to play the dance of joy song. <laughs> Plus there's that conversation where it's like, well, we could get a band. We could get a DJ, or we could just see how much it is to get Belky to come to our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> no. And the price and has been going down since the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but after so, this, it's going back up. Yeah, you're right. Huge. Uh, huge for uh, Bronson Pinchot. Um, yeah. So uh, she gets uh, attacked by Harvey's fam- family, by the Kinkles. She gets stuffed in a Iron Maiden and put there, she's screaming and screaming. Oh, and then man. Batty Bat comes up and says, Hey, tell me how to get this, uh, how to break this curse. Now, uh, Batty Bat, like I like this episode overall and I liked Batty Bat, but there was something very weird to me, not necessarily negatively, but different about the voice to me. It just seemed like a very yeah. straightforward voice for a demon. Like it was not like, I'm a demon or anything like that. You know, it was just sort of like, Hey, my name is Batty Bat and, uh, I'm going to be cursing your dreams tonight. And that was pretty much <laughs> yeah. it. Did, did it strike you guys that way as well? Uh, I, I thought it was different, but then I just was thinking that it was like, maybe she's different depending on whose brain or whose dream she's in. Uh, oh. but I felt like it kind of went up and down a little bit depending mm. on the situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't bothered by it. I didn't need. In fact, I liked it because because she was going to talk so much in the episode. So it was like, mm-hmm. if it was a demon voice, it would have been like way too much. Mm. And maybe it was also a way of differentiating Batty Bat from the Satan voice that we've heard so far, or even yeah. the creatures, whatever the creatures were in the trial scene, to just make it something a little different. So maybe that's what was going yeah. on. Uh, so Sabrina refuses to give up the information and then we jump over to everybody else's dreams who are even way more messed up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's to, to, to break down the, I feel like Sabrina's dream was very a straightforward encapsulation of all of the issues at play in the series, right. basically. Um, and then took a I, dark turn with a dark turn. Uh, I thought it was interesting. We saw, see her dad walk her down the aisle. Yeah. Um, yeah. He doesn't say anything. I thought that was interesting how he was just announced as being there and then, like, nothing happened. Uh, I thought that was going to play more, but maybe it was just like we get to see who he is and that's it. It might also be that she doesn't know their voices. She doesn't know them at all. It's a very Harry Potter thing in a way that she lost her parents when she was a kid. Um and she doesn't exactly know what they're like. I don't think. I don't know how long they were around while she was alive, but it doesn't seem like it seems like they left her as a baby, and that was pretty much it, right? Yeah, that uh, we. I now, guess we don't really know yet, but yes. I kind <laughs> of liked how the the dreams went, like you know, kind of dark, dark, and then Ambrose was dark, but it was like light in an Ambrose way. I really liked how the. Like each character's darkness was different. I thought it was really kind mm-hmm. of very creative and fun. Yeah. Do yeah, you want to talk about, about Ambrose's? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Ambrose, uh, I'll, I'll take Ambrose. Ambrose sees himself, um, in the more, in morgue. Um, he yeah. goes down there and there's, he's the body that is down there. Um, he, we get some, uh, he then sort of starts to cut up the body. Uh, that's not a normal part of being a mortician, I don't believe. But he uh, starts to do some uh, Shakespeare quoting, uh, bites his own heart, finds it bitter, um, which I thought was really cool. 
Madam Satan bumps into Ambrose and we uh, find out that she is uh, sort of astral, astrally projecting herself into the house to try to save Sabrina and Sabrina alone. Uh, she doesn't right. care about the rest of the Spellmans. Yeah. And then, can I, can I get back to the Shakespeare thing just because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised a classically trained actor does want to comment on that. Well, I, I loved it. I did a, comment. Yes. Uh, so that was, wait, would you say Alex, did you say I'm I, also, I'm also a classically trained actor. I am. Yes. What the, so. what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what are you, what are you talking about? Uh, so what I thought was really interesting, particularly about using that monologue from Hamlet is he was playing both Hamlet and Horatio in that, uh, yes. moment. So the way that he sees himself, I felt like that was Shakespeare is overdone. It's very much overdone in terms of ne- never, never. I say never. It's I never say, too much. I say the nay. I say the nay. <laughs> well, but everybody did, uses did an example of just out out actor move Justin right now. Like I'm still kind of losing my shit over the fact that like Zelbin stopped to talk about the artistry of that scene and how deep it is compared to Shakespeare where Madam Goldberg glazed right (laughs) over it. Like some noob, like some, there's only classically trained. There's only room in this podcast for one classically trained actor. And I say a pox on both your houses. (laughs) So Please take that just back. for those of you who aren't <laughs> totally familiar to Hamlet, uh, who are listening to this, the thing that I thought was particularly interesting is uh, the monologue is Hamlet talking to the skull of Horatio, who is a clown. So he's talking to his body. So Ambrose sees himself as a clown, which is also how we've seen him in the show yeah, up to yes. this point. But Hamlet, the character, is driven by an action, which, again, is exactly what's going on with Ambrose. He's trapped in this house. He hasn't done anything for 75 years. So just uh, maybe that's where they started with the character of Ambrose. Maybe they're like, he's both like Hamlet and Horatio and eventually worked around to that. But if not, I think that's a really, really cool thing that they hit in the writing to underscore that without overstating it in the episode. Well, and let me also say that uh, as his dream ends, he uh, Father Blackwood releases Ambrose. And then um, he uh, is killed and he is the court trapped in the corpse version of himself, seeing the same scene play out where the living version is looking at him, the corpse. So uh, I thought that was another take on the, uh, the the duality of his role. Like he was also mm-hmm. holding the skull of himself, uh, giving the uh, Hamlet monologue. Yeah. And of course, uh, uh, Batty Bat jumping out like that was like uh, Polonius jumping out during Hamlet. Uh, to uh, stab him, uh, and in fact, being stabbed. Himself. I don't know what I'm talking about at this point. Oh, yeah, and also, say, there's a, it was an like Romeo and, right now. It's an it was like Romeo off. and Juliet when <laughs> when two <laughs> actors fight. You know who wins? Nobody. Literally. <laughs> uh, I would like to say though that I loved how immediately, like it was gross. He's has bo- his own body parts in his in his hands, and then uh, Sabrina comes in. And he's like cousin like he always does and it was like automatically just really funny moment i really like that yeah he's great okay Um, Okay, thank you (laughs) oh is that the ghost that's the ghost again yeah sorry i'm I'm haunted oh okay great uh are the at least at least the ghosts are checking to make sure you're okay i think that's a nice thing yeah so that's pretty good they're friendly ghosts bunch of Uh, caspers bunch of caspers here (laughs) bunch of caspers over here eh (laughs) uh <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Hilda. You want to talk about Hilda's dream because that involves uh, one as well. Sure. Yeah, one last does. thing. One last thing about Ambrose. I felt like it was uh, like a mini Black Mirror episode, um, and I this I really loved his sequence. So good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Hilda's is she ends up having a little bit of a connection with uh, the principal, Branson Pinchot, Balky. Uh, Balky. Uh, and this, this was much more straightforward. Oh, go ahead. Do you want to take this one, Pete? Yeah. No, I just thought it was like super sweet the way, like, you know, she wants a a little acknowledgement for how much she does. And we really just got to see her monologue a little bit at, on her date with Balky, uh, about like how she feels about herself and how other people view her. And it was just kind of like a, 
a sweet, powerful moment before it turned into a nightmare. But it was, it really was a kind of a great uh, telling of who this character is. It definitely plays out a lot, almost more than anybody in the house, like a child's dream. Like, yeah. even though they talk about, even though Zelda has the line about, you're going to have to put out, you're going to have to tell him he's, you're a virgin. Um, mm-hmm. it's, she goes on a candy date with him, which is yeah. very Hansel and Gretel, but the whole thing is, even with her getting drunk, even with mild sexual innuendo, it's, she doesn't know what life is like yet in the way where Ambrose is trapped by a spell. She is trapped by Zelda, I would say. And that's yeah. why she ends up being sewn together with her at the end. Yeah, it was yeah. creepy. It was great. I mean, it, I love the take that this was like a child's dream because it really was. I think she uh, did she say at one point, I'm as pissed as a fart. Yes. <laughs> he was drunk watching up the stairs. I was like, oh, I, that's hilarious. Um, and in the, the, also the same way, it, the, just like a child's dream, the scary parts were really scary and sort of out of nowhere, like uh, Valky revealing the twin in his body and then being. Oh, and, yeah, uh, that was Hilda and Zelda being yeah. together. Like, that was so cool. Now, do you think the twin in his body was that Larry Appleton? Of course. Cousin Larry. Oh, absolutely. Pete loves this. This is a this is a secret. This is a secret. Perfect Strangers reboot. Well, that I that would be the creepiest take on it. I thought it was that guy from Total Recall. Oh Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, name check. Yeah, that's one of the great things about this show is it could be anything. It could be Perfect Strangers. It could be Total Recall. It could be any of those two things. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is the point. great thing. That is the great thing about this show. It's a dark reboot of everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that dream was great. Uh, let's talk about Zelda's dream because, again, a very, very cool, really well done one that went in directions that personally I did not expect. But it starts off yeah. with... Zelda giving a lesson to all of these ridiculous, very cartoony children, including like I don't yeah. know, this gloop just chowing down on some chocolate cake. Uh, when she mm-hmm. finds out uh, in a very dreamlike way, the weird sisters show up to tell her that she's going to be blessed by a visit from the Dark Lord that night for dinner. Yeah. She immediately becomes very emotional. Uh, says, uh, the Dark Lord is a meat eater. We got to prepare something for him. Uh, Hilda says, Ooh, I'll work up my vegetable pie. And she says, No, you idiot. What are you talking about? And decides yeah. to cook the, uh, chocolate eating child. Cutting to yeah. a child being cooked in a oven. Pete, you've been our main, uh, cannibalism objector on this podcast. How'd you feel about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just like, I think it really worked well for who Zelda is. Uh, and I thought it was like, uh, I, I thought, it, cause she hated that kid from the beginning. So like she wanted to cook that kid the whole time. And so, yeah, I thought it was just like a good kind of showing of how dark Zelda is and what she's willing to do for her dark Lord. So just to check, and, yeah. you think if, if somebody doesn't like a kid, it's, good to cook them is what I'm taking away from what you said. What? No, no, I'm not. That, that's not what I'm saying. You said the anti-cannibalism guy for the anti-cannibalism guy. You're pretty pro cannibal. It was a, Oh man. I just felt like we're, it's in a nightmare scenario. This is a real cannibalism. If it really happened in the show, I'd be feeling one way about it, but this is a dream like state where, you know, it's fucked up, so these kinds of things are okay. <laughs> so it, it, what I'm getting again from what you just said is in terms of cannibalism, it was it is a dream, dot, 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 it's okay. That's what you said, right? I just want to make oh, sure man. I get your quote yeah. exactly right. Yeah, yeah, just trying to get the bull quote right. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> I can't wait till we go over to Pete's house and he's gnawing on a, a human arm. And he's like, I'm dreaming. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hungry and dreaming. <laughs> what a dream. Uh, uh, so one thing before we keep child. going, I, I love, yeah, yeah. I love the, I love, uh, the, the idea of the, the insight into the dark Bible we get here 
and uh, the Adam and Eve story from the Satan side, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we oh, find yeah? out. Oh, there's ghosts in the background again. Um, the I I agree with you. I did like that, and I like finding out more about the Church of Night. We need to understand the Satanism part of it if we are yeah. going to feel something for the characters. Uh, one little side note that I thought was kind of neat that we completely missed last episode at the school. Uh, one of our uh, listeners and Patreon members, Brett Macris, pointed this out. The statue in the middle of the Academy of Unseen Arts is an actual Satanist statue that they put up, I believe, in Arkansas to protest um, being told that they couldn't worship there. So a lot of this stuff, I imagine, like the story of Eve, is probably taken from actual Satanic books, which is potentially upsetting, but also kind of interesting. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I, I like that they do. They get real. Yeah. Uh, So Zelda uh, cooks the child, is waiting for the Dark Lord to come over. The Dark Lord comes over as uh, Father Blackwood, but with a very cartoon-looking beard and devil horns on. Uh, What did you take away from this? What did you read from it being Father Blackwood? I thought it was a different demon than Father Blackwood. I didn't realize. I thought with the horns and everything, they were trying to make it... Because if they have somebody who, like is a different person because they put their hair down. I was like, well, the guy's got horns. It's got to be a different person. No? Uh, I, yeah, I think well, here's what I took away from it. What I took away from it is, as we know, Zelda loves the Dark Lord. She loves being in the Church of Night. Uh, but right. also, she clearly has some sort of thing going on with Father Blackwood. And I think in her head, those two things have gotten mixed up. That she, yeah. yeah, is that what you took away from it, Justin? Yeah, I feel like Father Blackwood uh, is symbolizes the Dark Lord for her. Um, so I think it was an easy, and she worships sort of both of them uh, in the same way. So it's easy to to mix them. I think is what's happening here. Yeah, uh, but I like uh, yeah, sort so- of his evening his evening nubs uh, instead of horns <laughs> were hanging out, which was fun. Yep. Uh, and- was the uh, the cooking, uh, she said she's cooking Fergus. Was that a reference to Clarissa Explains It All? No, that was just the name of the was it? kid. I thought that was... Huh. Ferguson, Clarissa, just saying, maybe that's a TGIF. Or no, that was Nickelodeon, but maybe it was a 90s television show. Uh, ref. Wow. But Clarissa was uh, Melissa Joan Hart, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, so you're saying like it's a... Clarissa explains it all as Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart was Sabrina's teenage witch, so they call the character Fergus. <laughs> I mean, it's not—it's a reach. I'll give you—I'll give you that. It's a reach. Okay. No, hey, I'm totally willing to go with you on that. I think that's absolutely what's going on there. Just to move on for no particular reason, though. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, so Zelda presents uh, this child who is definitely tied back to the old show. Clarissa explains it's all to the Dark Lord. Uh, he asks her, is this a child of night or a Christian child? And she says, well, it was, you know, the closest child that I could find. He decides to you have sure. a vegetable pie instead. And uh, he dances with Hilda. He asks Zelda to leave. It, all, it becomes a whole thing. Uh, Zelda is very upset and distraught about it. Uh, so distraught that she ends up killing Hilda, expecting her to come back. But the Dark Lord comes back and tells her she's not coming back this time. It's all your fault. Um, one little note that I thought, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but where he talks to her about you sacrificed a child of night, I think that's probably tied up with her feelings about what's going on with Sabrina. Because we've seen that she yeah. clearly cares about Sabrina and she loves Sabrina, but also she has been pushing her very hard to just give herself over to the Church of Night. Right. Also, there's that whole thing about her being a midwife, right? Yeah. For Father Blackwood? Yeah. Yeah. There, there is. Wait, what do you mean? Just in terms of delivering children? Yeah, I mean, she got uh, asked to be a midwife in, a, in an episode. Yes. Okay. That's true. So that's probably why she's also like that whole thing about kids is weighing on her nightmares a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the right. stress. 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Could be. Okay. Uh, I also that. like the reference to, to Punch and Judy here that uh, we talked about uh, this being uh, uh, tying back into the uh, Sandman series um, with the uh, the brothers that uh, where one kills the other, Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. Are you on a racetrack? <laughs> That's right. There's a loud car. Do you don't jump into traffic? No, this is. I need to talk to you guys. <laughs> a, a ghost is making me do crazy things. Oh Jesus! Um, and to connect it to uh, Punch and Judy, which is also a story where uh, Punch uh, is killing his wife over and over again uh, throughout their relationship. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, we start to bring everything together, or more specifically, Madam Satan brings everything together. She's seen what's going on, uh, and Astral projects herself, I guess she Astral projects herself, right, into uh, the dreamscape so that she can find Sabrina, yeah. wanders through, has a very funny exchange with Ambrose, who's very confused when she's talking about, oops, I'm in the wrong dream. Yeah. Uh, eventually she does find Sabrina, and Sabrina is immediately thrown and asks her what she is doing there. Why is, yeah, how, how is, is she, she there? In her smart. Dream? Very smart. I was glad that Sabrina was aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah. we- it also s- seems like Miss Wardwell should have had a better plan to answer that question because her plan was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, especially since <laughs> yeah. she, she wasted like 30 minutes bouncing in and out of somebody's dreams. You would think like, okay, when I do find Sabrina, I got to know what I'm going to say. Uh, she had plenty of time to get ready for that. Uh, but... Sabrina had a long interaction with her cat where she was talking to her cat. And I was thinking maybe the cat was going to talk back because we were kind of in dream world a little bit. Um, but mm. we didn't get that. How did you guys feel about that? I kind of wanted the cat to talk at that point. I liked that he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always want Salem to talk. I mean, <laughs> personally, in that case, I would have loved it if he was something like, I'm the cat you've been dreaming of. <laughs> oh. oh, that plays right back into my theory about um, Clarissa explains it all. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. It's a joke heart. <laughs> oh, God, why? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, but she does. Uh, the thing that's interesting that Miss Wardwell does here is she tells her, you got to get out of the stream and you got to run. You got to yeah. leave. And yeah. I think there certainly she's thinking about Sabrina's safety in this case, but I also think she's trying to separate her from her family because that's clearly yeah. something that is holding her back from joining the church of night. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why she doesn't have a very good plan because her plan is basically you're in a dream. I'm going to panic you. You get out of the stream, you run out of the house and then don't think about it too much. But Sabrina of course thinks about it too much and comes up with a alternate plan, which is to lucid dream and figure out a way of trapping Batty Bat. Now, this was kind of inception. Uh, again, for this me. whole sequence. What? This got a little inception y where I got confused because she was like, all right, I'm going to go back to my dream and I'm going to be hiding in plain sight. And it was like, okay, she was in the dream, but then she was also the dead body in her own dream. I was a little like, how does that work? Well, she had Salem uh, used a glamour spell to uh, take on her form and lure uh, Batty Bat away. Right. But then there's like, okay, so I can understand like, okay, you go into your dream and then there's your corpse. Oh, she just pretended to. Okay, I got it. All right. All right. Yeah. 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 When Batty Bat was chasing Sabrina, quote unquote, around the house. It was actually Salem pretending to be Sabrina. Right. Meanwhile, Sabrina yeah. was back in the morgue uh, trying to lucid dream so she could wake everybody up. So she's not able to rattle Zelda. Uh, she goes over to Hilda. Hilda is kind of understanding what's happening. Uh, and then she goes and talks to Ambrose, who, as we mentioned earlier, is immediately like, hey, sure, I'll help. That sounds great. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Uh, uh, and then uh, without getting too in the weeds about the whole plan, because it is very inception and fun and a lot of running back and forth during the sequence, what she eventually realizes is, oh, I just need to use Hilda's spiders to yeah. trap Batty Bat in a uh, Dreamweaver, um, which is exactly what she does. Gotcha. And then they 
Dreamcatcher, thank yeah, you. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's Spider Man's she's Spider Man's the shit out of this. Yeah, she does Spider Man the <laughs> yes. show. She was doing the whole Spider Man thing, which was a little they weird. Thwip, they whip her right up. Yeah, it was yes. cool. And then they stick Batty Bat in a jam jar. Um, that's a bad idea, I think. Yeah, because what late at night yeah. you're going for jam, you accidentally let the demon out. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm a big late night jam guy. There's nothing like some late night jam, dude. It's the best. Give me a spoonful of jam. That's <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Have we? Hold on, uh, let me just write. Let me, me just write down jam jar as a as an object that holds other stuff. That's a fun one. Oh man, yeah. I'm giving uh, you gold over here. Oh yeah, you gold. Good. Yeah. We should mention, oh, Pete, have we ever mentioned your full name on the podcast, that your full name is actually Pete the Pooh, and you uh, usually try to get some jab out of a jab jar, and that's a delicious meal yeah. for you? Yeah. Hey, I don't got, oh, bother. I, I'm the only guy who loves jam. That's it? Just me? What do you mean jam? What are you even talking about? What Do you, do you, do you cook, <laughs> make toast at night, and do you have a jam snack? Yeah. There's nothing like jam on toast. I'll You're mention like that one time a, a, I invited Pete over to my house and he ate all of my jam and honey. And then when he tried to leave, he got stuck in my door for an entire season. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. But eventually I lost enough weight <laughs> that I could just slide out. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Wow, you guys have such a separate life. <laughs> yeah. I leave town and you guys are having fun jam parties. Jam jam. Yeah, it's nothing like yeah. that. Uh, so, anything else we should talk about with this episode? I guess probably the end, the last season yeah. scene, right? But is yeah, there anything uh, from the, the dreams last... you want to discuss? Uh, no, I mean, uh, like I said, I, I thought these dra- the this episode really just brought all the characters' sort of main uh, things uh, to to light so well. Like their relationships came into such re- relief, and uh, Hilda being such a child and being sort of trapped by her sister her whole life, Zelda's complicated relationship with doing good and doing sort of bad uh, uh sabrina we sort of knew her deal um and then ambrose just being uh fun and weird i guess i also like yeah. how the phone call with sabrina and harvey after that whole thing i thought that was pretty sweet yeah yeah they have a nice phone call uh to justin's point last episode where he was talking about a sexy voice uh this episode they were having a phone call he had his shirt off he was just lying there in bed yeah. with no shirt so it's slowly getting much sexier yeah yeah, very slowly. I imagine Archie off camera being like, take your shirt off for the scene you're in, Harvey. That's how. It's very cool. Uh, uh, I like so, that. Also, Sabrina, Sabrina uses a landline and calls Harvey on his cell phone. Uh, there's actually been a lot of talk about, and we should probably talk about at some point, what year this show takes place in. I, I think, and we've talked about it, too, earlier on on the podcast, but it's totally unclear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's modern. Uh, but like right. how other shows make uh, strong choices to uh, uh, to keep the, the interesting look alive, and I, I, well, I love mm-hmm. the use the landline. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's like one of those things where it's like because it's this little like village in the woods, like in the middle of nowhere, and some creepy people. Like it's modern times, but it's not as modern there, especially for the older witches who are like you know thousands of years old and shit, you know. Or they, of course, they yeah. would still have landlines and stuff. Well, speaking of which, is why don't we talk about the last scene of the episode? Oh, so they have the man. phone call, and Sabrina, yeah, Sabrina realizes in the middle of the phone call, she remembers what happened with Mrs. Wardwell. So she heads over to Miss Wardwell's house and demands she explains what's going on. And Miss Wardwell says, "I think you better come inside." Yeah. That's so where do you bold. think we're headed with this? What's that is happen? a bold choice, and Sabrina's just like, "Let me just bum rush this." witch's house here and accuse her of a bunch of stuff i was like sabrina maybe get a plan here maybe talk to your family well, a little bit before you go she doesn't, knocking on somebody's door in the middle of the night she doesn't know she's evil she thinks uh she doesn't know what is going on right, and also she just sort of saved she just saved her in a lot of ways from the dream demon that's true it's yeah. true also Last episode, uh, Sabrina was like, hey, Satan, you're out of order. So I don't think she's afraid of a whole lot at yeah, this point. She really isn't. Uh, but what do, you, what do you think? What's your prediction for Miss Wardwell at this point? Because what is she up to? What is she going to tell her? What's going to happen next episode? 
I think she has to reveal, she has to have a good excuse to, she has to confess mm-hmm. to being a witch to, of some degree because she did that. And she has to have a good reason. I think she'll sort of admit a little bit about what's going on, but not all of it. No, no. I think she's going to cast like a spell on her to kind of change so she'll forget it or whatever. And she'll just kind of like dance around the subject to have her chat, let her kind of talk a little bit and then just, yeah, kind of mind wipe her. But I think the real play is going to be that the witch is going to go after that jam jar and she's going to really, you know, like <laughs> run stuff from that jam jar. Cause you got that sleep demon in there and that's going to be trouble in a jam jar. See, not everyone's <laughs> trying to track down jam jars as much as you are. Yeah. What are you Other people about? are sort of fun. Wait, are you saying both of you have shelf. jam jars in your apartments right now? Both of you guys have jam? No, I don't ever buy jam. I don't have jam. Damn it, Salvin, you yeah, got I jam? I usually buy jelly, if anything. Oh. I got, I, <laughs> you're not allowed over here. You already ate all my jam. <laughs> yeah. It's messed up. It's uh, jam feasting. Okay, so <laughs> just before we go, this episode, which witch reigns supreme? Who won the episode? Pete, kick it off. Uh, I'm going with Hilda, and that is because uh, her dream was fantastic, and she's had a lot of really funny moments. I also liked how like it was a cut between uh when uh Zelda holds up that urn and Hilda's like nice cup of tea and like transition. Uh I really love the way they're using this actress. I think she's amazing and her character just continues to shine episode after episode. Cool. Justin, what about you? I gotta give it up for Ambrose. Uh, man, anytime someone can really drop some Shakespeare. I just love the scene sort of top to bottom, uh, with him. And his character, I think, is the, uh, strongest and most clear and most fun on the show. Yeah. Uh, I would say as a classically trained actor, oh, I think oh, oh, really, I would suck I would it, go Madam for Goldberg. Ambrose. I've never been more insulted in my life. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to be insulted, or rather, if you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat about Sabrina or really whatever you want to talk about. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Also at Riverdale Dark for our dedicated Riverdale slash Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Twitter account. Uh, and we'll see you at the Jam Store. Yeah. Oh, another long line at the Jam Store. What am I going to do? It's all right. I'm a Gold Plus member. I don't have to wait in lines. <laughs> Wow. That's the oldest thing I've ever heard anyone say. (laughs) 